Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We have taken the last three weeks to discuss the activity of the Holy Spirit in our history and also to discuss our desperate need for this experience. Today, um, I'm here not to take time to discuss how spiritual you may be or to judge someone's depth of love for God. That's not why we're here. We are here today to simply talk about two things, obedience and hunger. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today we find ourselves at the day of Pentecost. We are 50 days removed from Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. It was simply because of his crucifixion and the shedding of his blood and then the demonstration of the fact that he is in fact divinity. He is who he said he was. He demonstrated that by coming back to life from the dead. And because of that, we now have access to right relationship with God. According to the law of God, according to what it teaches us in the Old Testament, there could be no forgiveness of sin without a sacrifice. That is the law. That is the covenant that was made. There must be a sacrifice for sin. There is no forgiveness of sin without blood being shed. And so the Father sent his own Son to become what we now know, looking backwards, even when it was happening, some people didn't recognize what was happening. But now looking backwards, what we recognize is that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He was spotless. He was blameless. He, was, he had no blemish. He was perfect. He was God, but he was also man. And he came and and, he, and according to John, he moved into our neighborhood. He put skin on. He became like us, but not with sin, so that he could become that living sacrifice. And so we, we know now, because of what Jesus did, without that, we could never have right relationship with the Father. There's too much of a chasm. There's too much of a, uh, of a sin barrier on our own. We can never reach out to God and secure right relationship with him. But because of Jesus... Because of what Jesus did, because he came, because he died, because he rose again, we can thankfully stop and say to every person here, there's an opportunity this morning to experience the first baptism that we talked about last week, baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit operates in our heart, in our life, and he convicts us of our sin, and he draws us towards Christ, because you can't come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ. And so I've 
been praying all week long that the Holy Spirit would live up to his job description. I was, I've been praying all week long that you would be here this morning and during the course of this, this time together, the Holy Spirit would begin to operate on your heart. There are some of you that have been coming to church for years, but you've never or submitted or surrendered your heart to Christ. You've never come to that place where you've said, Jesus, be the Lord, the King of my life. In fact, statistics teach us that 50% of the people that attend church on a regular basis have never asked Jesus to come into to their heart and say, let, let me give my life to you. And so I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would do what Jesus said he would do. And he said he would convince us and convict us of our sin. So this morning I'm praying that some of you are aware, regardless of how long you've attended church, regardless of how much you know about the Bible, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will make you aware that you're not in right relationship with Jesus and that you would make this moment, take this opportunity. You wouldn't let another Sunday, you wouldn't let another moment, you wouldn't let another second go by until you come to this place where you say, Jesus, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need right relationship with the Father. I've tried everything else. I've tried in my own ability. I've tried in my own power, and I come up short. I need you, Jesus. I've been praying all week that you would come to this place and come to groups with the dread of being headed for punishment and judgment. But I need you to understand that if that's how you feel this morning, that's not just a bad day. That's not just a bad feeling. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of our sin. And so this morning, I'm going to stop right here and say to you, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you've not come to that place of surrender where you lay your entire life down, to him. I didn't say you hadn't attended church. I didn't say you hadn't read your Bible. I said you haven't come to that place of complete and total surrender. Then this is your moment. It's the first baptism. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Only my prayer team looking around. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Steve, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. I need to know him. I need relationship with him. I need to surrender to him. If that's you, would you do this this morning with, with, without fear of embarrassment because we will not embarrass you. We simply want to know that, th that you're the one so that we can pray intelligently and give you materials that will help you on your journey. If you're here this morning you say I need to surrender my life to Jesus would you quickly just slip your hand up and then you can pull it right back down I need Jesus there's one anybody else that would say I need I need him I need him I need him father you saw the hand but more importantly you saw the heart your word teaches us very clearly that Jesus you made a sacrifice you came and you died you rose again for this purpose right here so that we could be reunited in relationship with the Father. Your word declares that all we have to do is acknowledge that Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. We confess that with our mouth. We confess our sins to you right now in your own heart. Would you just begin to confess your sins to Jesus this morning? Father, I'm a sinner. Father, I'm not who I should be. I'm not living like I should. We confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. I believe that your word is true. I sense that your word is true. I know that your word is true and that, Jesus, you made provision for me. And in that moment, in that moment right there, in that moment right there, under the anointing and the conviction and the work of the Holy Spirit, in that moment right there, 
everything changes. And in that moment, everything old has passed away and we're born again. Our spirit is literally born again. Thank you, Jesus, that you allow us to be born again. We're born of the spirit. There's a new spirit inside of us. And in this moment, whether we feel any different or not, according to your word, the faith that we have in your word declares that we're a new creation, that we're now the son and the daughter of God and we have access and right relationship to the Father. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Thank you for the saving grace of Jesus this morning. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning for one, at least one that was born into the kingdom of God this morning? You can keep, hey, Kim, stay right there. Kim, stay right there. You, you make me sound better when you play anyway. I might get all excited. There, there, there's a second step that we are instructed to take that after we submit our lives to Jesus. It's interesting to me that uh, the, the early church, the church that we read about in the Bible, that they were adamant about this next step, and yet we've become so passive. We've become sometimes even dismissive of this step. In the early church, when someone would surrender their life to Jesus, they were instantly, usually almost instantly or very soon thereafter, they were led towards the second baptism, which is water baptism. And there seemed to be no delay. For whatever reason, now uh, we tend to, to, to draw that out and, and, and even dismiss it as unnecessary. But this morning, I want you to understand that baptism in water was an important step. There let's make clear there's no misunderstanding here the water that we put into this tank is uh, just water there's nothing magical there's nothing supernatural about the water it is the same water you drink and the same water you take a bath in at home so there's nothing special about the water but there is something very special that takes place when we operate and move into this second baptism because we understand and and recognize that when we are baptized in water, it is literally symbolizing the death that we experience. We lay our lives on the altar. We become a living sacrifice. We experience death and burial, and then we too come up as a new person. That's what it represents. And what happens is this, is as we go under the water, it stands as a powerful and convicting witness and testimony of our new faith. That's what it does. It shows people that we have made that decision, a public decision, to follow Jesus. It's here that rather than questioning your spirituality or your love of God, that what I would like to do is I would like to address obedience. Jesus was very clear in his example. Jesus was baptized in water. He comes to the Jordan. John is baptizing people in water. Here's the son of the living God. He knows who he is. There's no doubt. He's divinity. He's God himself wrapped up in flesh. And Jesus, by his example, steps into the water and is baptized in water. So he leads by his example. And then he goes one step further. He gives instructions to his disciples to perpetuate this step and to continue this step as a powerful experience and a powerful declaration of what we believe when he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, representing and showing to us that not only by his example, but by his instructions, this is what we're supposed to do. Have you been obedient to his example? 
Have you been obedient to his teaching? You'll have to remember that on multiple occasions in this church, I have stated, stated publicly that partial obedience is complete disobedience. And it just blows my mind that we will obey and give our heart and life to Jesus, but we won't take the next step and follow his example and his instruction. We allow our schedule, we allow our pride, we allow our stubbornness, we allow our will to get in the way when we should simply come to this place that if Jesus was baptized in water and if Jesus gave the instructions to his disciples to continue that, that we too should participate as a statement and a declaration of our faith. So this morning we gave you an, an opportunity to give your life to Jesus as the first baptism. But this morning we want to give you the opportunity to participate in the second baptism. And you may think, well, I'm not prepared. I didn't come with everything I need to be prepared. We got you covered. If, you, if you're here this morning and, and you knew we were going to do this and you brought a change of clothes, we got you covered. We got towels and we got bags to put your wet clothes in. You say, well, I didn't know you were going to do this and what am I going to do? We're going to help you out. We got towels and we got bags for you to come back out and sit on so that y'all get the picture. This is, not about, this is not about protecting how we look and what. This is about following the instructions and the example of Jesus. And so if you're here this morning and you would like to respond and you would like to be baptized in water as a public declaration of your faith, would you just quickly obey and would you do it this way? Girls, if you'll go to that side and go in that room right there, we have everything there for you that you need. You'll have your privacy. You can change quickly if you're going to change. And guys, you can go there. Is there anybody that wants to be baptized in water this morning? This is your opportunity. I know we've got one young man for sure. John, Heather, if you guys will come. You'll go right there. A couple young men. Anybody else? Just go right on in that room right there. Pastor Woody's back there. He'll, he'll give you a hand. Cool. While they prepare, I think it would be fitting if we just worship the Lord a little bit. This is an incredible day in the kingdom of God and in this church. Would you stand with me as they prepare and would you just worship together?
Father, we pray this morning that this moment right here would be one of the most special moments in the memory and in the experience of your people today. I pray that you would allow your grace to surround us today. I pray this would be a liberating day for many. We give you glory for what you're accomplishing in our midst. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. All right, Woody. Who do you have there? I can't hardly see. So, Oh, I'm going to. Malika? Mileka. All right. This is Mileka. She's going to uh, participate and be baptized in water this morning. I believe she's coming on Wednesday nights to youth. Is that correct? And so, Pastor Woody, if you'll position her. Mileka, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior and made him the Lord of your life? Yes. Are you willing to follow him publicly this morning? Yes. Amen. Pastor Woody, if you'll position yourself. Mileka. It is our pleasure this morning, Woody and I, to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor Woody, who do you have there? Kenyell. Kenyell comes on Sundays and Wednesdays, I believe, too, and participates in the ch children's ministry. Kenyell, have you made Jesus the Savior of your life? Yes. Going to live for him the rest of your life? Yes. Willing to tell everybody? Yes. All right, Pastor Woody. Kenyell, it is our honor and privilege this morning to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is Mama right here. This is Kayla. And we're so delighted that you're here. Thank you for being a part of our body and leading your children by example. Amen. Kayla, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes. And you're willing to live for him forever. Yes. Give your whole life to him. Be a powerful testimony to him. Yes. Amen. Pastor Woody, it's our privilege and honor this morning to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Caleb, Caleb, we're so glad that you're following the example of the Lord this morning. Have you given Jesus your heart and life? Yes, sir. Made him your Savior. Yes. Amen. Willing to live for him going to tell all your friends about him. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's a good answer. Just obey. Amen. Pastor Woody, Caleb, it's our honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Now, I think this morning, what a special Sunday morning this is. I don't even know this young man. I know Pastor Woody and Pastor Andrew do. This is his first Sunday with us, I think. What's his name, Woody? His name's John. John? Johnny. Johnny. Hey, we're glad you're here. Johnny just accepted the Lord about five minutes ago, so that's, you, might as well, you might as well do it this way. Johnny, you've accepted Jesus as your Savior? Willing to live for him every day? Amen. Pastor Woody? John, we are so excited this morning that you're following Jesus in this. We're praying this is going to be one of the most special days of your life. So we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, will you stand with us one more time before we move forward? And would you sing as they get changed? You may be seated. While they're changing, they can hear me back there pretty well, so I'm going to continue. I want us to have plenty of time. Because so far we've talked about obedience, but today as we move forward in history, this day is about hunger. I, I draw your attention this morning to what may seem like an odd passage of Scripture. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 7. It's a rather lengthy passage of Scripture that I have uh, on the screen, but I don't know that I'm going to read it all, so let me just paraphrase. It's an account in 2 Kings chapter 7 beginning in verse 1. It's the account uh, as the children of Israel are uh, under siege by the um, army of Aram. The Bible says that Elisha shows up on the scene and he begins to prophesy to the children of Israel they have been starving to death. They do not have enough food. And he stands up in 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, and he makes this declaration. It says, Elijah, Elisha said, listen, God's word, the famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful, a handful of meal for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. Then what takes place is an attendant that's standing there with the king says, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. There's no way we will see what happened, that happened in our, in our lifetime. There, there's too much destruction, there's too much siege, there's too many armies around us. And Elisha says, it's going to happen, but you won't eat of it because you will die. The rest of the account is this. There are four lepers that are sitting outside the gate of the city, and they make up their mind. They are so hungry. They make up their mind, and they say, hey, if we sit here, we will die of starvation. So let's, we've got nothing to lose, so let's do this. We're so hungry, we, we will go to the enemy's camp, and if they kill us, 
Who cares? We're going to die anyway because we're starving to death. But we're so hungry, let's go and see if they'll have mercy on us. And the Bible declares that when they arrive at the enemy's camp, God has caused the enemy to be so frightened, he's scared them with his power and his authority, that the enemy leaves their camp and leaves everything behind. And the four lepers walk in, and they eat their fill, and they begin to loot the city. And this is what they say. They came back, and they entered another tent, and they looted it. And again, they hide their plunder. And finally, they said to one another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a day of good news, and we're making it into a private party. If we wait around until, mor until morning, we'll get caught and punished. Come on, let's go tell the news to the king's palace. So they go back to the king's palace, and they stand outside the gate, and they yell and tell the people, hey, the enemy's gone. There's plenty of food. God has won a mirror, done a miracle and won a great battle. Follow us out here and you'll be able to eat. And finally, the people are convinced. Three things I want to tell you quickly as we talk about the day of Pentecost and we operate and begin to move into the third baptism. We've experienced salvation this morning. We've watched people follow in water baptism. It's time to go all the way and experience the third baptism as well. Three things quickly. Number one, the famine is over. Amen. The famine, I'm here to declare to you that, that the day of Pentecost was and is a famine-ending day. There, was, there has been up until the point in Acts and seems to continue, even in our, we allow it to happen in our own lives today, there is a shortage of power. But I am here to declare to you that on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, and when you encounter the Holy Spirit now in this day, that the Holy Spirit breaks the famine of power and he brings power and authority and the ability to live an overcoming victorious life today. I I'm like the prophet Elisha. I'm standing here today declaring to you the famine is over. We ought to be excited about that. And then the second thing that I want you to understand is that you must do more than hear. You must believe. Because the prophet stood up and he de declared that the famine was over. But even though the people heard that the famine was over, they didn't believe it. They sat right there inside the confines of their city, and they were starving to death, and they would have stayed right there in the confines of that city, bound by hunger, bound by lack, bound by starvation, and they would have literally starved to death, even though they heard the good news, they didn't believe the good news. Listen, I can stand up here all week long, all day long, all month long, all year long and declare that the famine is over but until you get to the place where you accept that fact and you believe that fact and you come to the place where you can take God at his word and fully and truly believe that you can have any and everything that he said you can have, then you will stand right here and your entire life will be walled up in powerlessness and you will go through life and you you will continue to call famine fullness. But if you can ever come to the place where you will begin to believe what God said and what he promised and what he's fulfilled, then at that moment you can have everything he says you can have. And third, I would say to you this morning that we've got to come to the place where those lepers came to and we must come to this place where hunger overtakes us. It was hunger that caused the four lepers to take action. 
My question this morning is not how much do you love Jesus and it's not whether you glow in the dark because you're so spiritual. My question to you this morning is simply this. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? Have you become apathetic? Have you come to this place where you're satisfied? Are you hungry enough to push past your fear? Are you hungry enough to push past false teachings? Are you hungry enough to fight your way out of the box that you've put God in? Are you hungry enough to pursue everything that God has for you, even if it means marching outside of your comfort zone? How hungry are you? I have good news for you this morning. Like the lepers of the story, my hunger caused me to take a chance at 12 years old and simply trust God that he wouldn't hurt me and that he only wanted the best for me. I came to the place where I believed that what he said about the Holy Spirit was just as true as what he said about Jesus. If I could come to the place where I could put my trust in Jesus to save me from my sins and God told us that he would and I can trust him for that, then surely I can come to the place where I trust about what he said about the Holy Spirit and when he said it was a promise and it was a gift and it was for every person, then I could trust him on that as much as I could trust him for salvation. So my hunger drove me to be willing to ask and receive and the good news this morning is that the famine is over and all you have to do is ask and receive and it's a gift that's been promised. I want to tell you two things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. Baptism in the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, God has offered us a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. To receive a gift, all you have to do is accept that gift. We can't earn it. You don't need to beg for it. All you've got to do is follow the Peter's instructions on the day of Pentecost. You repent and you receive. You simply accept everything that God has for you. You come to this place where you understand that we have a good Father. It doesn't matter how, how evil or how mean or how... Uh, off-putting your earthly father was. In Luke chapter 11, the Bible declares that we have a good father. He wants us to have good gifts. If we ask him for bread, he's not going to give us a snake. If we ask him for bread, he's not going to give us a scorpion. All we do is we ask and he gives us the gifts that he's promised us. You need to understand that God wants you to have the Holy Spirit more than you even want the Holy Spirit. I do this illustration in youth camps. I started to do it this morning, but for time's sake, I won't. I carry two $5 bills, one in each pocket, and I set it up so that my oldest son will come up and say, Hey, Daddy, can I have $5? And I'll reach into my pocket, and I'll, I'll say, Okay, I'll give you this $5 bill if you'll do this. Stand on one leg and bark like a dog. And he'll stand on one leg and bark like a dog. And, and he said, Can I have the $5? Yeah, you can have it if you'll spin real fast in a circle and say, Daddy, can I have $5? And, and he'll spin, and then, and then I'll one more time. Yeah, you can have it if you can pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time, and he'll, he'll do it. And I'll say, okay, here's your $5, and everybody claps. Yay. Then my youngest son comes up and says, Daddy, can I have $5? And I reach in my pocket, and I hand it to him. And I make this point. The first son, that wasn't a gift. I bribed, that, if anything, that's a reward. I, I, he, I bribed him to do what I wanted him to do. When my youngest son walks up and says, can I have the $5 and I freely give it to him, that is a perfect picture of how we receive the Holy Spirit. We don't have to pat our heads and rub our tummies and spin real quick and say these words real quick and somebody hit us on the back with a bigger Bible and hold on and let go and all the junk you've been taught and heard all of your life, all you got to do is step up like a son and say, Father, I want the gift. And the second thing I would say to you this morning is, is based off what we've seen uh, manifested throughout the entire book of Acts, uh, particularly in Acts chapter 2, 
If you desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have to open your mouth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that they spake. They gave voice to the Spirit as the Spirit gave utterance. They spake. They had to open their mouth and use their voice. And then the Holy Spirit took over and gave them utterance. We must open our mouth. We need to understand that every time someone in the Bible was filled with the Holy Spirit, that they begin to speak in their natural language and they begin to praise in their natural language. And then suddenly in that mix, as our faith joins with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives utterance and you step out in faith and you begin to say what you hear the Spirit saying. It's that simple. That simple. You don't have to be afraid. It's not you. I battled that for a long time. It's not you. You cannot do this on your own. It is the utterance of the Holy Spirit. You give the Holy Spirit voice. It concerns me. We call people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and what happens is they come to the altar and they'll clamp their mouth shut and they never get it. You have to give Him voice. So this morning, I think where we're at is this. Those of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit in the past, according to Jesus in John chapter 7, the Holy Spirit is like water flowing to your house right now. And it is constant and it is consistent. And the only thing stopping that flow into your house is what? The faucet. If you turned your faucet off this morning, the water is there, but it's not flowing. And too many of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit are like the lepers when they first get to the camp. They've tasted, they've experienced, and then they go and hide it. And they turn it into a private party. And there's this water. That the Bible says the Spirit's like a river flowing in us. And some of you just need to turn the faucet back on. You need to be refilled and allow the Holy Spirit to be released. Because listen, listen this morning. If you had an encounter 20 years ago and you never use it again, it means you need a new experience. That's what it means. That's a memory. That's not a daily active power giving experience. Too many of us eat and hide. And I am encouraging you this morning. If you were filled with the Spirit 20 years ago or 10 years ago or 5 years ago and you haven't been utilizing that gift, you need to be refilled this morning. But if you're here this morning and you've never been filled, no hoops to jump through, no euphoric emotional state that you have to work up, all you've got to do is you've got to come to, into the presence of God and like a son filled with hunger, let hunger rule the day. If you are hungry for more of God, all you've got to do is say, Father, I believe you. What you said about Jesus was true, so I'll take your word about the Holy Spirit as well. And I'm just asking you to give me everything that you said I could have. Would you stand with me this morning? John and Heather, if you will come. I want to pray over you, and then I'm going to ask you if you are hungry for the refilling or the initial filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray over you that hunger will overtake you this morning. If you've been filled in the past, how long has it been? since it was an active power, life-giving experience. If you've never been filled, why would you want to stop short of everything that he has for you? Father, this morning on the day of Pentecost, we are asking you to let hunger overtake our hearts and our lives. God, we recognize, we honestly admit that in the past, folks have done a lot of damage produced a lot of confusion about what we're talking about right now. I pray that you would begin to bring to our memory the verses of Scripture, the passages of Scripture that show what you really intended, which is that sons and daughters 
old men and young men, old ladies and young ladies would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not as a show, not as a freaky thing, but as an expression and an infilling of the power that we need. We need it. God, I declare openly, I need this. I, I, I need, I need the Holy Spirit. I can't operate on my own. I, in my own power, how in the world, how could I ever, as weak as I am, impact anybody for your kingdom? How could I make a difference in this culture, in this hour, in this day, in this city, in my neighborhood, at my job, in my school, around my friends, around my family? How in the world on my own? There's no way, no way, no way. I'm weak. But the famine is over. And it's a time for power. And so, Father, this morning, regardless of where we find ourselves filled but hiding it or whether we've never experienced it before, God, I pray that all fear, all, all confusion would be gone and we would simply give you voice. I pray you would accomplish that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, if you have been filled and needed a fresh feeling, would you come quickly? Find a place to pray. If you've never been filled and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning, would you please step out and come and find your place around the altar? Let hunger rule the day. Let hunger rule the day. Let hunger rule the day. My prayer team's going to come and lay hands on you and begin to pray over you. But if you need more, I need more.
Come on, let fire, let fire fall, fire fall. Let hunger rule the day. Hallelujah. Make this your prayer this morning. I want more. 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 It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.